Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 18 of chapter 2, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So what we've done so far is that we've seen how God created the universe. You know, we saw majesty in creation. We saw that God created them all. But then we have gone all the way down to the creation of the crown jewels of God's creation. And that is the creation of humanity, the creation of man and woman. And we are looking at five ways ways in which the creation of man differs significantly from the way that God created the animals and the plants. Now, what we are saying is that there is a certain continuity between the creation of animals and the creation of man, and we may circle around to that, but we also saw that there are significant differences in the creation of man and women and the creation of animals and each one of these five differences has quite is quite significant uh, issues quite great significant attached to each one of these five differences and we are looking at these differences because it allow us a window into seeing this man and this woman that God has created so we have gone through we have gone through the first difference we have gone through the second difference and we are at the moment looking at the third and fourth so let's go quickly through those five significant difference between the creation of humanity the creation of man and woman and the creation of other animals we said number one there was there was a divine conference that actually preceded the forming and the creation of man god said let us create man. There was a divine council that was called, a divine conference that was called before the creation of man. Number two, we said man was created unique in that God formed his body from the dust and God breathed into him the breath of life. And remember, we've spent a lot of time on this first two point. Now we are taking number three and number four together. And in taking number three and four, we are talking about man's gender, identity and we're talking about sexuality so far we have focused more on his or her gender identity so number three is that the sexes of mankind were not created simultaneously as it was in the case when god created the animals god said let there be and both gender both sexes were created at the same time but god did not do that to man God, first of all, created man, like we said in number two, form his body, breathe into him the breath of life, unlike what he did the other time when he just spoke. God could have just formed two bodies, isn't it? He could have formed the male body and the female body, and he could have built, breathed into each one of them the breath of life, and we could have had a male human and a female human at the same time. But God did not do that. God created the man first, and then God 
pull the woman as it were out of the man. We are going to look a little bit more into what is the significance of that. Remember the significance of these five differences is actually a window for us to see the honor and the, 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 the position and the greatness that man plays or hold in the creation of God. Number four, unlike animals, mankind was not broken down into species. When God created animals, the Bible says he created them according to their kinds. But even though there are different, <laughs> there is a sense you can talk about kind in men. We can talk about in color, we can talk about in sizes and height and things like that. But no, when God created man, God actually designated them as male and female. God created man and woman as sexual beings. God created them male and female. So that's the fourth thing. So that's where we'll talk about sexuality. Number five is about the agenda. I mean, number three, sorry, is about the agenda. And number four is about their sexuality. And we are taking number three and four together at the moment. The final point in which the creation of man is by far different from the creation of other animals is that the test in Genesis chapter 1 explicitly revealed that man or humanity alone, him and her alone, was created in the image of God. So, so far we spent a lot of time, as it were, looking at the gender and we said God created only two genders. God did not create three genders. God did not create four genders. God created two gender, two distinct gender. There is no confusion between them. We are the ones that are introducing gender identity confusion. There was no confusion when God created man and woman. God created only two genders and they were distinct. There was no blurring, you know, differences between them. God created male and God created female. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says male and female, God created them. And on earth, God created us for us to live as male and as female. And one of the things we said very, very, very clearly is that this gender identity actually relates to our physical body and to our physical existence. That the maleness and the femaleness is actually related to this creation that in our soul, in our spirit, there is no gender. Now, we are going to move this forward today and, and, and see what, what other significance, what other lesson can we learn about this. The first thing we need to understand is that men and women have different physical structure and men and women have different sexual characteristics. Okay, And that difference in our physical structure and our sexual characteristics, together with the attending hormones, that attend to that means that men and women generally have different temperament. Now, this is very, very important. Now, we are talking about generally, and when we th- and I need to stress some of these things, okay? What we are talking about now, we are talking about generally. There will be people in both ends of the spectrum that are exception to the rule, that don't conform to the rule. But generally... The first thing we need to understand is that because of the difference in the physical structure and the sexual structure of humanity physically and the attending hormones and differences in our body that attend to that, both sexes, both gender have different temperament generally. Now, they are overlap, okay? We are not talking about a chap distinct, they are overlap, but when you go to the extreme of 
temperaments, you will see that both gender have different temperaments. And that is related to our structure. Now, some people will talk about the fact that people are stereotyping. These are not stereotyping. These are things that have been confirmed, confirmed by scientific uh, researches. Okay, these are not things that people just pluck from the air. But all these scientific researches simply confirm what the Bible says: that God created us to live on this earth as sexual being, as male and female. There is overlap, but there are differences. Male are males, female are females. Okay, male are not females, female are not males. There are differences between this gender and those differences are very, very important to the success of the human race. Okay. These are not, they are not things, they are not things that are stereotypical. No, they are not things that is a disadvantage to one gender or an advantage to another gender. No, these are just fact of life that male and female have different temperaments. Now, again, I'm stressing there is overlap, but, but Studies have shown that men uh, tend to be more aggressive and men tend to have more interest in things than people. Now, again, remember what I'm saying? We are talking about generally. We are saying that if you take 100 people, 100 people with extreme aggression, okay, more than 80% of those will be men. Okay, that's what we are saying. We will, you will have women in the mix also. And this is why when you go to our prison, especially to, you know, high security prison where very, very terrible, um, you know, criminals are kept, people that committed the most horrendous crime that, you know, that the world had ever seen. That is why most of those are men, okay? They are pre predominantly men because they tend to be the ones that are more aggressive. No, there are women in some of these high security prison also. There are some women that are, are you know, done grievous crime that you can never think of that some men could not even do. But we are talking about generally now. Okay. Women are much more compassionate and they are much more agreeable. They are much more interested in people than in things. Again, these are not st stereotypical things. These are things that have been confirmed by science. And remember, we are talking about generally, I know some men that are more compassionate and more agreeable than some women. So remember, we are talking generally that if we take 100 people, the extreme of people that are extremely compassionate, extremely more agreeable, a lot of those will be women more than men. They are the Mother Teresa of this world. No, we have men. That doesn't mean that men are not agreeable. That doesn't mean that you cannot have all these traits. That doesn't mean that you cannot, a man cannot have the traits of compassion or a man cannot be interested in people more than things. Remember, we are talking generally. This is why there are some jobs, there are some professions that have more propensity of one gender than the other. For example, you will see more female gender in nursing profession. I mean, I, I work I, I work, and I still work with some men that are nurses and they are compassionate. They are good at their job. But the truth is that that profession, the propensity of female that do that profession is much more than men in that profession. That is not neither good nor bad. It is just the reality of our gender differences. And this is why in the army, there are more men than women. No, there are women in the army. 
There's no doubt about that. But because there is a certain demand of that profession, what we are saying is that you have more proportionate men in that uh, in that type of profession than you have women. And again, that is one of the reasons why you have much more men in engineering. I'm talking about civil engineering than you will have women. Again, we have many women in civil engineering, but because engineers tend to focus more on things than on people, you have much more men in that profession than you will have women. Again, these are not stereotypical things. These are just reality of life. And for you to deny that is for you to deny the fact, okay? The fact is that they are male and they are female. But remember what we said, that these differences is just as a consequence of our physical body and our physical existence, that in our soul, in our spirit, there is no gender, there is no male, there is no female. Now, one of the things we realize is that these differences actually become more, pre- more prominent after puberty when the sexual hormone in our body has kicked in. This is why pe- before puberty, you could hardly tell the difference between a, a child who is, who is a boy or a girl, okay? Even sometimes, well, if, if they cut their hair physic, physical-wise, you could hardly tell who is a male, who is a female. I mean, when they bring to you, you know, a, a three-month-old, a nine-month-old, you won't even know sometimes, you have to ask. Sometimes the only way we know is because of the way they are dressed or maybe they do their hair. But the truth is that a lot of these differences start to come forward when the sexual hormone kick in after puberty and one of the things you will begin to see after puberty is that men begin to you know put on a lot of more upper body strength than women and obviously there are all sorts of other changes that then happen in the body of the female gender now we need to understand this and i need to stress this we don't need to fight this because these differences in gender is not a matter of superiority it's not a matter of inferiority it's not a matter of competency is essentially a matter of function in this physical world, in this physical existence that we are part of. And this is very, very important for us to understand that these gender differences are put there by God for us to fulfill our God-given role in family and in the community. That is it. It's all about fulfilling our role in this physical existence in this physical world. No, the truth is that history tells us traditionally men go to war. Traditionally, men provide for their home. They go to war, they go and fight. They need that upper strength. They need that, you know, aggression. They need that sense of competition, okay? And traditionally, men are expendable, okay? They go to war. Remember, we're talking about generally. Women go to war nowadays, okay? But generally, traditionally, that is is what men has always done traditionally down the history. They go out there, they're going to fight. They go to fight for their family. They go to lay down their life for their family. That doesn't mean that they are any more superior. That doesn't mean that they are any more competent. That is just the way some of these things has been. And history bears witness to that. Traditionally, women protect and build the home. Women protect and build the home. They, 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 the way God wired them. 
is to protect and build the home. Again, that doesn't mean there is no crossover. There are crossover within this role, and this is very, very important. Okay, that doesn't mean that women don't have strength, but their strength seems to be focused, much more focused, locally, you know, strategically. Why men go out there now? Obviously, there have been a lot of changes now in our world today, but traditionally, this is what has been the case. Okay, but again, remember what I said: there is crossover in this role. But when you take the majority of male and women, and when you look traditionally into how things have been, God has built us because of the role that each one of us, each of the gender will have to play generally in family unit and in the community. Men are much more involved in tasks that demand disproportionately raw strength. That doesn't mean that women will not exert strength, but the truth is that men are adapted to such tasks. We are women are adapted to tasks that need more fine skill. There is hardly no job that just requires only strength. You know, this job that requires raw strength will also require some skill. And the job that requires fine skill will also require strength. We are talking about job that demand more raw strength than skill and job that desire more fine skill than strength. And you will see that when you look at those tasks, you will see that some of the gender proportionately, disproportionately are attracted to some of this job than the other. Again, that does not mean that a particular job is exclusively for a particular gender. It's just the way that things have been. That doesn't mean that to have a strength means that you are lacking in fine skill. No, that's not what we are saying. No, that The fact that you have a fine skill means that you don't have strength. No, that's not what we are saying. What we are saying is that our built of God has built both gender for the role that they have to play in family and for the role that they have to play in community. And there is a lot of crossover and there are exceptions to this role. However, modern civilization actually is blurring this type of distinction and the need for it. For example, a whole lot of jobs that need more strength are being done by computer, by, by what do you call it now, by computers. And also more of the jobs that involve fine skill has been done by computer and robots, okay? But then a lot of the jobs today need people with, you know, mental agility, mental capacity, and there's no difference between male and female in our mental capacity, in our mental agility. There's no difference. Remember, those are qualities of the soul, and the soul is a spiritual, is made up of spiritual matter. So a lot of the job that we are having today actually are blurring as it were even when we talk about going to war a lot of the war that we have people are fighting now are becoming you know technical they are now being fought on technical ground you can have a woman that is locked up in a room somewhere that is actually fighting war that is actually controlling some you know drones and it's driving so so a whole lot of these differences are getting blown with with technological development but even civilization has not totally eradicated this. We still have jobs that involve, you know, raw strength more than fine skill. And we still have jobs that involve more fine skill than raw strength. Well, what I'm saying essentially is that God created us male and female and that this gender role does not take away, does not diminish any one of the gender. Okay. It doesn't diminish any one of the gender and that there is a lot of crossover that this is not about stereotyping something. A man 
can play the role of a woman in a certain setup. A woman can play the role of a man in a certain setup. And it does happen in all sorts of setup. But what we are saying is that this is the way that God has generally created it. And created it for a reason for the role that we all have to play. And that this role, this gender role does not make one gender much more superior or one gender much more imperial or one gender much more competent or another gender less much. No, no, it's about role. And we don't have to fight against this. Okay, it is a complementary role that God has given both gender so that we can fulfill his task. God created them male and female so that they can fulfill his purpose. Now, we have not gone into that purpose at the moment, but that is the way God created them. It's not so that one can lord it over the other. It's not so that one can oppress the other. Yes, unfortunately, down history, the male gender has oppressed the female gender. There is no doubt about that. And that is being corrected and that still needs to be corrected. But a whole lot of what goes for gender equality nowadays is people trying to kick against the reality, to kick against the truth. A whole lot, unfortunately, of what goes for feminism today is not really people fighting for women's rights. It's a group of disenchanted people that don't like men, or let's put it plainly, that hates men, that hates men. And that is not really true feminism. And that is why a lot of people that were involved in the early pure feminism movement are pulling out of what today go for feminism because they are not really fighting for the right of men i mean of women they are really really fighting out of spite they are fighting because they hated men okay and they want to blow this god-given god-established you know role that god has given between male and female and a whole lot of these people that call themselves feminism will even fight against women that are you know doing a good job as raising family that are doing a good job at supporting their husband that are doing a good job as, as of building society they will even fight a whole lot of those people so a whole lot of what you what, what goes on for feminism today is not really feminism in the real sense of it so we are saying that this is the way god created it and god created male and female for effectiveness and God created male and female for efficiency. And if both gender works together at various levels of operation, government, homes, work, if both gender works together, there is greater efficiency. There is greater effectiveness. If the male gender actually pull down the female gender, it is to our own detriment. And if the female gender pull down the male gender, it is to our own detriment. God has created us male and female so that we can optimize, so that we can maximize, so that we can be effective and efficient, and so that we can fulfill the role and the reason for which God has placed us here. Obviously, we are going to look more into that role. We have not gotten there yet, but we are saying that God created us male and female and that was not an accident and that was not a a a mistake okay maleness gender identity is not a mistake god created it god planned it that way and god created it that way and god did it for a reason so we're going to stop there today and by the grace of god next time we are going to take this off from there if you are listening to me today whether you are a male or a female i want you to know that god loves you and yes 
we've gone away from God, we've lost God essentially, and this whole creation is on the downward trend to destruction. But God has come to rescue us, and that rescue is in the cross of Jesus. There is no other name, there is no other rescue apart from the cross of Jesus. So you can come to him today and accept that you are a sinner, you are a rebel, you are on a downward trend, you cannot help or save yourself. Come to him and just believe him. Receive this gift of salvation from his hand and ask him to save you. Believe in the cross whosoever believe will be saved it will come in it will save you and from this point from that point it will make you a daughter a son in his house it will work with you it will make you a citizen in his kingdom and then when this is all over you will spend eternity with him with him in the new heaven and the new heart we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you